It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is Chris Russell here with another episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. Thanks, as always, for listening. A bunch of things going on. Um, Some good, some bad. And we'll talk about it all with you on this particular episode. Uh, The Redskins signed a new tight end on Tuesday afternoon. They signed a new tight end on Tuesday afternoon. Not Austin Hooper. We talked about Austin Hooper in our last episode. We wrote about him at redskinsreport.com. It is not Austin Hooper. Of course, they're not able to sign Austin Hooper just yet. Uh, That is still a couple of weeks away, or at least potentially a couple of weeks away. But what they did sign was a young veteran tight end who has exactly zero games of NFL experience. But he has a familiar-sounding last name. And he's familiar to the coaching staff. And maybe you might have, might have seen him play once or twice because he did come from the Ohio State University. And he played in the infamous alliance of American football. He's not Sammy Ball. No, no, no. Not the Redskins legend and Hall of Famer. It's Marcus Ball. That's right. Marcus Ball. B-A-U-G-H. Spelled the same way. Pronounced the same way. Uh, Not exactly the same bloodlines. No. uh, He, again, did grow to the Ohio State University. He did graduate in 2017, undrafted, eventually signed on with the Oakland at that point, Raiders. Did not make the team out of training camp. Wound up in the Alliance of American Football, which was a robust league. Did catch a twisting kind of circus touchdown catch. Uh, which we put up the video to. Again, you can check out the accompanying story at redskinsreport.com for the San Diego fleet of the Alliance. And I think that was Mike Martz, if memory serves me correct. I, I could be wrong on that. And then he caught on with the Carolina Panthers. Woo! So here's the deal. He wound up on injured reserve. Uh, And didn't play and didn't make his NFL debut. Still hasn't made his NFL debut. But it looks like he's got a little bit of athleticism. Now, how much? He was undrafted. Um, But clearly, Ron Rivera and Pete Honer, the new Redskins tight ends coach who came over from Carolina with Ron, clearly liked something enough about him to want to work with him again and to develop him and to see what they could get in terms of his ability to stick now that he's had 
uh, a couple of years to kind of mature out his body uh, and maybe learn a thing or two about the Carolina system, which is largely what is going to be run here in Washington under Scott Turner and Honer and Ron Rivera, to a lesser degree, at least on the offensive side of the ball. So the bottom line is this. Look, at this time every year, teams have 90 players. So a bunch of guys that sign and a bunch of guys that are under a roster at this time are, of course, not going to make it. But the Redskins have no starting tight end. I mean, theoretically, I guess that's Jeremy Sprinkle. But right now they have under contract Jeremy Sprinkle, Hale Hentges, um, Caleb Wilson, Jerome Cunningham, and now Marcus Ball. They have five. One of those guys is probably almost assuredly going to be on the opening 53-man roster. Maybe even two. Maybe even two. The Redskins are going to get a tight end in free agency, whether it be Austin Hooper, who they're going to probably have to overpay for, or whether it be Eric Ebron or somebody along those lines. Those are the two top pass catchers in in the in the free agent class considering that Hunter Henry of the Chargers is going to get franchise tag reportedly but you know I, I still think Hentges has got an opportunity to make the roster I, every team carries three tight ends some teams carry four Jerome Cunningham if he could ever stay healthy has a chance I don't know much about Caleb Wilson, if I'm being honest with you. And Jeremy Sprinkle's fine. He's okay. Okay is probably the best I I could put it. I mean, he's going to need a good preseason and a good camp in order to feel good about his positioning on the roster, quite honestly. He's questionable at number three, if we're being totally honest. If we're being totally honest. So, we can't exactly poo-poo this signing as not being important or not being crucial, potentially, because, again, the Redskins have nothing of starting caliber quality. And you just never know when guys are going to develop. I mean, who knows? What happens if Marcus Ball just all of a sudden at 26 is a different player than he was At 23, we don't know, you know, right? Nobody knows. That's why guys keep getting shots, you know? Clearly, he's got enough of something that enough teams were interested in. Carolina, again, the former Oakland Raiders, now the Vegas Raiders. Okay, the Alliance, whatever. I mean, they needed anybody that could actually move, run, walk, have a pulse. I got it. No big deal there. But Carolina, the Raiders, uh, you know, like teams need bodies. And the more coaching you get and the more experience you get and the more seasoning you get and the more reps you get and the more preseason reps you get, maybe the more confidence your body and mind develops. And maybe, just maybe, you walk into something and it's your time to shine. Who's to say 
that Marcus Baugh can ultimately be a nice signing for the Redskins. Why, why would we automatically dismiss it? I'm not. I mean, I didn't know anything about him before they signed him. To be honest with you, I, I'm not one of these guys that watches every college football game. I, I didn't remember him from Ohio State. I'm sure I've seen him. I just didn't remember him. I mean, there's a thousand, two thousand football players uh, out there playing major college football. Probably more. Uh, how am I supposed to remember Marcus Ball? But the bottom line is this. And again, we're spending plenty of time on him. The Redskins have nothing at that position. Nothing proven. So the more competition, the more potential, the more anything, the better. Because they're going to get one, we think, free agent tight end. The question is, can they get a good second tight end, assuming that they get a free agent tight end, in the draft? It's not a deep class. We've talked about that a number of times. There are guys, the kid from Florida Atlantic had a nice, uh, Bryant had a nice workout. Harrison Bryant, I believe is his name, um, in Indianapolis over the weekend or late last week. We've talked about Thaddeus Moss, who, of course, now is injured. Talked about um, Pinckney from Vanderbilt. There are others. But it's not a great, great, great class. So, again, I fully expect the Redskins to attack in free agency. And then maybe three, four, five, somewhere in that round area. And remember, they don't have a sixth as of right now or a second. I expect the Redskins to select another tight end. All right. So that's Marcus Ball. Welcome to the Washington Redskins. When we return... Coming up next, right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, Matthew Berry from ESPN with a couple of Redskins news, notes, and nuggets, as well as John Bostic on his way back. I think so. We'll tackle that next with you on LOR. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, we continue along right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. So we mentioned Matthew Berry of ESPN. He's a fantasy guru, analyst, um, and, and normally, normally is not any sort of breaking news type of guy. Uh, however, he is a connected guy because people love fantasy football, and he's at all of these events, and he knows people. Uh, I've met him a couple of times. He's a huge Redskins fan, um, is Matthew Berry. So when he writes something and it stands out, I'd want to at least bring it up to you. And Matthew Berry started off his column on ESPN.com, which is titled 20-ish things I learned at the 2020 NFL Combine with number one, a story that Quite honestly, I've tried to stay away from because I'm so tired of getting yelled at and so tired of getting dismissed by everybody that knows everything and doesn't really know anything. But I've kind of stayed away from it 
and just quietly watched. And Barry points out point number one. While all the public reports stated how much the Panthers are behind Cam Newton this season, I'm not so sure. The sense I got was they don't want to just give him away, but if a team made a reasonable offer for him, he'd be dealt. Right now, they want to get him healthy and see what they are dealing with. But despite all the love being thrown Cam's way publicly during Combine Week, insiders I spoke to think it's less of a sure thing that Newton is the Panthers' starting quarterback this season. Now, that might in and of itself not be that shocking. Maybe it is. Um, I, I think if it is shocking to you, you're not paying attention. But 1A, point 1A that Barry brings up is where it comes in for our purposes. Quote, it was also noted more than once by folks in both Carolina and Washington that if Newton was somehow available, Ron Rivera absolutely loves Cam. And then Barry absolutely doubles down saying loves him. Now, listen, I've heard obviously the same thing. In talking to some people uh, behind the scenes, I I know that there is a very fond attraction uh, from head coach to quarterback for Cam Newton, for Ron Rivera. And Ron Rivera was asked about Cam at the Combine, and he said, look, I don't want to talk about any other player on any other team, but nobody should ever, and I'm loosely paraphrasing here, nobody should ever doubt Cam Newton. And by the way, I've also been told that the uh, respect and the admiration comes from Cam as well. Not that that's surprising. So you don't think that there's a possibility that if the Redskins don't get what they want, either in free agency and or the draft, that maybe this could possibly happen? Of course it could. Of course it could. And nobody has wanted to really go there, uh, but I'm glad Matthew Berry did. Uh, I've kind of mentioned it quietly. I haven't gone hard with it um, just because I did know that Cam was under contract and I don't see where it fits in terms of the salary cap just taking on that one year 19-ish million dollar hit. But what you could do is sign him to an extension upon a trade or agree to an extension before a trade is executed to lower that cap number for this year and to have you know we've talked about this with Philip Rivers the structuring of a contract we've talked about it with uh Teddy Bridgewater the structuring of a contract you can do a lot of different things so we cannot nor should we eliminate the possibility of Cam Newton winding up with the Washington Redskins period i'm glad Matthew Berry wrote about it because you know he is a Redskins fan but obviously knows some people, and while it's just speculation, again, I'd be lying to you if I told you I haven't thought about it a lot or a bunch and wondered if that's going to be ultimately the way they go, meaning the Washington Redskins. Now, you don't want to take everybody from Carolina, and certainly you don't want to make a large commitment to somebody that's not healthy. So there's going to be some hills to climb here, but we can't rule it out in any sort of way. Um, all right, so that's one thing. 
Now, Matthew Berry continued on and said that there's no chance that the Detroit Lions were going to take Tua Tagovailoa. And point six is another point that we need to bring up because it directly has to do with the Washington Redskins saying, quote, I'm told that Dwayne Haskins has been in the building every single day during the offseason, working out, preparing and taking it very seriously. The Redskins believe he needs to work on getting the ball out quicker. Correct. We've said that all the time uh, because he gets hurt, uh, but that he can make all the throws. I also agree with that. They like his pocket presence. That needs to get better, in my opinion. And overall expressed a lot of confidence in his potential. Things can change, of course. And if Newton becomes available, all bets are off. But if I had to place a bet today, I'd say that the Redskins starting quarterback this season will be Haskins and that they trade, uh, that they draft, rather, Chase Young at number two overall. So a couple of good, interesting nuggets. Make of it what you wish. From Matthew Berry of ESPN. All right, we'll get to the John Bostic thing in just a sec, but first, the odds from betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. Now, I've been very clear about what I think of odds and what they're worth, they aren't worth much. Honestly, again, I think the boys in Vegas get a lot of credit and don't know really anything. And, you know, sure, they can study data. And sure, they can make good educate. They cannot make any more good educated guesses than you or I can. Give me a set of data that's prepared for me, and I can give you a pretty damn good over-under or a pretty damn good point spread. It's not that hard. It really isn't. And I can set you good odds, better odds, I think, than they do in Vegas, quite honestly. So the Redskins, as usual, and as has been the case in a couple of different cases this year, not Case Keenum, no, no, are the last team in the NFC. Surprise. Yes, they had the number two overall pick, so some of this is worthy of winning the NFC this year. The New Orleans Saints, San Francisco 49ers, are co-favorites at 5-1. to one. The Philadelphia Eagles, by the way, are 7-1. to one. The Cowboys at 9-1. to one. I think that's generous on both ends. The New York Giants are 25-1. to one. The Redskins bringing up the rear at 50-1. to one. The Carolina Panthers, 40-1. to one. They suck down the stretch. We just talked about them. The Lions, 33-1. The Giants, 25-1, 50%, if you will, better odds than the Redskins. Mm, weird. Weird. I don't know how they come up with this stuff. It doesn't make much sense to me. I got to be honest. The Bengals, Dolphins, Jaguars, all three, 50 to 1 odds in the AFC. Make of that what you wish. The Redskins, 8 to 1 underdogs or odds to win the NFC East. That is the worst, according to betonline.ag in the division. Giants, 13 to 2, so roughly 6.5 to 1. Dallas Cowboys, 7 to 5. The Eagles, 5 to 4, in terms of the odds to win the NFC least. There you have it.
don't punish the messenger. It's betonline.ag. You should be careful uh, with your money, obviously. Word on John Bostic, and also we'll set the table for Todd McShay hammering away on Dan Snyder. Next on the Locked On Redskins podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we don't have a lot of time to get into this on today's episode, but we will save it for a less newsy episode. Uh, I just want to touch on it. Todd McShay of ESPN, who clearly has something that he doesn't like about the Washington Redskins, right? Um, You remember two months ago, McShay hammered the Redskins before they hired Ron Rivera when there was all the rumors about Urban Meyer saying he'd rather coach 31 other teams than the Washington Redskins, or he'd advise a friend to do that. Uh, So that was one. On ESPN's first take, according to Quentin Mayo of NBC Sports Washington, who normally covers the Wizards, but I guess also watches TV, uh, he said Stephen A. Smith on first take Wednesday said, uh, I'm sorry, Tuesday, said, quote, my sources tell me that the Redskins aren't going to a, they're definitely drafting Chase Young. To which McShay responded, quote, I agree, I'm hearing the owner won't allow them to go quarterback or QB, end quote. And that's the money line there. I'm hearing the owner won't allow them to go QB. Now, there's a lot at stake here. There's a lot of different things that we have to unpack, and that's why we don't have the time to do it. I wanted to set the table. We will have that discussion on the next episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. And just before we get out of here, John Bostic, according to Rhiannon Walker of The Athletic, may be on his way back. Um, I had heard about a week and a half ago that there was mutual interest on both sides uh, for John Bostic to return. I mean, obviously, money is going to be uh, a factor. I I think uh, if you're looking at a Mike linebacker in the 4-3, even though he played inside in the 3-4 last year, certainly that is a natural transformation. He's smart. He is athletic. He can attack down the line of scrimmage. He can still run a little bit. I think he's only uh, about to turn 30 or maybe will be 30 by the time the season ends. Uh, I like John Bostic from what I saw. Uh, I'm glad Ron Rivera, it appears, along with Jack Del Rio, saw the same thing. Uh, I was wondering, we've been wondering and asking who the Redskins could be looking at at those three linebacker positions. Cole Holcomb, uh, probably one on the outside. Uh, Looks like Bostic might be one on the inside. Then it's basically, is it Sean Dion Hamilton? Is it Reuben Foster? Uh, is it Josh Harvey Clemens? Is it somebody that they draft? Is it Isaiah Simmons if they trade down? All sorts of questions. But it, right now, it looks like they might have John Bostic and Cole Holcomb in the fold in order to take up two of those three linebacking positions. All right, so... That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks, as always, for being with us. Appreciate you guys. Make sure you spread the word. 
and tell a friend, download, and wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you tell them Locked on Redskins podcast is where you want to be at, especially if you know a Redskins fan that isn't aware of what we're doing on an everyday basis. Thanks for being with us. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.